0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Pat with the Cast Right Catholic Podcast. I started this with my best bud, John Karazinski, and we're two friends on a quest to become fully alive. We want to, as St. Paul says, take hold of the life that is truly life. And so we just want to invite you into our friendship so that together we can learn friendship with Christ and walking with him under the Father's blessing, embrace the complete joy of him who makes all things new. This is part two to the last podcast where we discussed how, Christ, how to heed Christ's words, to take courage, be not afraid, and have peace. This is part two, not just because I talk too much, also probably true, but because we wanted to clarify a couple points and just go a little bit deeper. So the first clarification, we wanted to give tips and offer a tool for allowing Christ into all the roughshod ups and downs of life the inevitable turbulence of human living in this world, because only perfect love casts out fear, because the truth sets us free. But Christ himself is the truth. We need to let him into our struggles. It is not aimed at circumstances where perhaps additional or professional care is necessary, such as clinical depression or clinical anxiety. It's certainly not a substitute for that care. It's also not a substitute for formal deliverance ministry. We encourage you to check out something called Unbound. While there are certainly some similarities, this and what we're talking about is about inviting Christ into our day-to-day so that we could be constantly following him through the various events of our life. So that though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, as Psalm 23 says, we will fear no evil because his rod and his staff guide us. So something that we realized is that so much of our day is determined by how we feel and what we feel, what we experienced in a given day and how we experienced it. It affects our mood, how we think, and often how we act towards one another or ourselves. If we are to follow Christ, if we're going to have friendship with Him and walk with Him under the Father's blessing, if we're going to do life with Christ and share His life, We need to find a way to let him into those experiences, to experience them with him, through him, and in him. Here's the key point. We cannot be controlled by how we feel, by the way we feel as a result of difficult and different experiences. And authentic self-control is not the total rejection of what we are feeling either. Self-control is not self-manipulation, as we talked about in the last podcast. Self-control, peace, joy, love are fruits of the Spirit. That's what St. Paul tells us in his letter to the Galatians. Fruits of the Spirit are bore from our sharing in Christ's life, from walking in the Spirit, from our sharing life with Him. Of course, there is a peace that we can manufacture for ourselves. But that peace is more of a temporary sedation. We can feel better for a time without needing to address or go deep into what we're experiencing. We can come up with coping tools or suppressing tools. But what we really desire is that peace, which is the fruit of the Spirit. We want the peace that only Christ can give. We cannot manufacture his peace. We can't, like Adam and Eve in the garden, grasp after that fruit. It is fruit and it has to grow and growth takes time patience and openness we have to open receive encounter and be patient st paul tells the tells the corinthians that one person plants and another waters but god makes it grow it is his work he does it he grows his life within us so that we share in those fruits there's an old testament prophet named ezekiel And he's given this prophetic vision of a valley of dry bones, which represents humanity awaiting new life. And just before he was given this vision, God's word comes to him and tells him, I, meaning God, I will remove your heart of stone and put a heart of flesh within you. I will give you my spirit. I will cleanse you. I will do it. And then you will know that I am the Lord, your God. He does it and he shows us who he is In doing so. This is so important. We don't coerce or force or grasp our way through a life of discipleship. We allow Christ to accompany us and share his life with us. And it's a quest. It's a journey to sharing his life and becoming fully alive. It takes repetition every day, every experience, not being controlled by it. Instead, in the midst of what we're feeling, to seek Christ, so that we can live through it with him, and he can renew our experience of it. Just yesterday, my car died, or the battery died, and I was furious, as you can probably imagine. And I honestly just wanted to sit in my anger and tell myself how justified it was for me to be mad. And if somebody noticed I was mad, then good, let me tell you why— These are all the things going on in my life. Oh, you're wondering why I seem off or rude and you want to, you know, push me away? Well, let me tell you what's going on in my life and see how bad you feel when I tell you. I wanted to cling to it. But after a while, I realized that I actually just felt angrier and that didn't actually feel good. And then my wife called and I responded pretty poorly to her, which also didn't help the situation. So I had to calm down. Slow down. Enter into prayer. Okay, God, help me. Walk through this with me. Accompany me. So I go to those questions. What happened to make me feel this way? My car died. That's what happened. (laughs) What does that mean about my life? What narrative am I telling myself? That question ticked me off when I asked myself. (laughs) When I asked myself that second question, it just kind of made me mad. And I was just like, it means I'm ticked because my car died. But I thought about it and I was like, okay, that makes sense. Go a little bit deeper, slow down. And I realized that there's actually this mix of a very natural frustration uh, and a very unhealthy anger. And so if you remember, unhealthy emotions or feelings are those that grow from a lie we believe. And we feel certain things about a situation and in a situation because of that, because of believing that lie. So for natural emotional experiences, think of Jesus in the Gospel of John. In John chapter 11, the friend of Christ, Lazarus, dies. And it says that Jesus is disturbed. And it says that Jesus wept. He's disturbed and he weeps. That emotional turbulence when difficult things happen in our lives, but he's not weeping because he's believing a lie that Lazarus is, you know, gone forever. He's going to be, Christ is going to be alone and have no friends. And, um, you know, life is going to be miserable. He's weeping because it's normal to weep. It's actually healthy to weep when your loved one dies. But an unhealthy feeling would be that feeling of hopelessness, because we're believing a lie about what it means that this thing has happened. Or we're feeling hopeless because we didn't get a job that we applied for. And now we think we're stuck in a job that we hate and we'll never be happy and our life will amount to nothing. So, with my car, I start to realize that I actually have this mix. I realize that I'm not just angry, I'm kind of confused. hurting and that this issue with the car is actually tied up with lots of other things going on in my life. And so the narrative I'm telling myself is that everything in my life is falling apart. My life is crumbling. And, you know, that phrase, the straw that broke the camel's back. And so then I start to believe that I'm going to be miserable, that my, that what I'm going to find out is that I totally failed at life and adulthood, that I just did not succeed at being an adult. Okay, so I know that isn't true. And part of the way I'm feeling is because I'm clinging to this lie. And so I reject that lie. I know it isn't true. I know that's not true. It feels true. And when I say it, it hurts to say it because it feels so true. But I know it's not. God, help me to see what you see. Help me to think as you think about my life. Help me to feel as you feel. Help me to respond as you would respond. I believe you are good. But I'm frustrated and I'm hurting. I believe you made me for life and goodness. But everything feels like it's crumbling. What's the truth? What is the truth, Lord? I love you. I want to follow you. I sit in that moment. Slowly, not all at once, but slowly, I begin to feel different about the situation. I begin to see it a little bit differently. And gradually I feel at peace. I can actually laugh about it. I actually start to feel kind of joyful in the midst of it because I realize that somehow it's gonna be fine and it's not gonna be a big deal with the car. It's just not. The car is gonna need a new battery, big deal. We'll get it towed, we'll get it taken care of. Life will go on, it's all right. The tow truck comes and I actually now wanna joke with the tow truck driver. Now I'm no longer warped by my own self-pity. And so I can actually see him. And it looks like he's having a bad day. And so I actually want to be kind to him. I want to be gentle. And I feel these fruits slowly growing within me. And that growth, a lot of times, most of the time, happens over time. Some growth is over a lifetime. And some comes in a moment. But I realized in the last podcast, I can make it sound like there is no role for our will for our own decisions. And that is definitely not the case, far from it. The human will is essential. And there are acts of the will that we have to make. As much as it is God's work, he wants us to participate in his work in what he's doing. So a passage that I think can help us understand this is from the Gospel of Mark in chapter 10. Jesus enters Jericho and there's a blind man named Bartimaeus. And the name Bartimaeus means son of Timaeus. I don't know if this is what they were going for, but Timaeus is the title of one of Plato's top works on the origins and ends of the universe. And so it's, you know, the peaks of human wisdom in the ancient world. The son of the peaks of human wisdom is blind and cannot see. And he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus hears him crying and says, call him. And so they go to him and they say, he's calling you. And he springs up and throws off his cloak and he goes for Christ. And I don't know how he does that if he's blind, but maybe they were guiding him. And he gets to Jesus and Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And then he says, I want to recover my sight. And then Christ says, your faith has saved you. See, Bartimaeus chooses to recognize his blindness, but from, the, from within his blindness, he chooses to seek Christ. In the midst of his struggle, he chooses to seek Christ. He chooses to cry out. He chooses to go after him. And then Christ says, your faith has saved you. Bartimaeus has participated in the recovery of his sight. That is the fruit of God's work in his life. And so for ourselves, we have to make that decision to choose to seek Christ. Just going through that meditation, saying, okay, I'm going to go through this because I don't want to be controlled by my emotions, by the experience, by my experience of this situation. And so I'm going to seek Christ in the midst of it. We have to make that decision. And then when we realize the lies we believe, we have to renounce them and recognize them as lies. Recognize our blindness in a situation and renounce it. And renouncing it to cry out, have mercy. Help me see, help me know. I believe, help my unbelief. I'm struggling, this is what I think. We lay bare ourselves and we avail ourselves of his mercy. And that is the key, that if we are to know that he is the Lord our God, we have to avail ourselves of his mercy. We need to let him be mercy to us. He wants, us to, sh- he wants to show us who he is. The word mercy, I have a couple of friends who point this out often in Latin is misericordia, misericordia which is the word misery taken and ripped open And heart placed at the center of it. The word for mercy is heart in the center of misery. And that is who God is. We just celebrated Easter. We're in the Easter season. And Easter is the peak of divine revelation. So at the resurrection of Christ, God is bringing his self-revelation to the world, to its summit. And then when we celebrate Easter, we mentioned this a, a couple podcasts ago, we have an Easter octave, and the Easter octave is eight days. So eight days in a row, we celebrate as if it is Easter Sunday. So it's like Groundhog Day, that movie with Bill Murray, if you've ever seen it. It's not exactly like that, but it's Easter Sunday, eight days in a row. And the eighth one, the summit of the summit of God's self-revelation that we celebrate is Divine Mercy Sunday. You see, the Son is the heart of the Father. Christ is the heart of the Father. If you ever see some iconography um, when they portray the Trinity, sometimes you'll see the Father portrayed with the Son in the center of Him because the Son is the heart of the Father. And so in the life of Christ, what happens is the heart of the Father leaps out into the depths of our humanity. You know, the womb of Mary, the womb of the woman is the depths of the woman, just speaking biologically and and using imagery. And she, the woman, is drawn from the heart of man, from Adam's rib. And so the depths of the human person are symbolized by the womb. Christ, the Son, leaps from the inmost depths of the Father into The depths of our humanity. And on Good Friday, we see it brought to its deepest realization, this plunging into the depths of our humanity. And he rolls around in our misery. And now he rends open our misery and places himself in the center. This is what we realize at Easter, that God is mercy, that he's plunged into the center of our misery, that his heart now beats there for us. And so if we believe that, then even in our day-to-day struggles, we're going to go into them and realize that at the center of them is the heart of God, is mercy, and we're going to let him be mercy to us. We're going to choose to seek his face, to seek him in the midst of what we're going through, and then encountering him, crying out to him, renouncing the lies that we believe and saying, God, I believe, help my unbelief. I want to trust you, but I'm hurting. Help me see as you see, think as you think, feel as you feel so that I can go with you through this situation. We're allowing Christ in that space to be mercy to us. There's this Psalm that I thought actually really encapsulates what we're talking about. It's Psalm 34. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed, happy is the man who takes refuge in him. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. That's what we're doing. And that's what we have to learn how to do in the humdrum, grunt and grind of daily life from all the bumps and bruises that happen from day to day to the more difficult and challenging situations and all of their emotional turbulence. To learn to let Christ be mercy, to seek Him, choose Him, choose belief, renounce the lies, and then allow Him to be mercy. Even if we feel nothing, even if we still feel angry for a time, we are still able to say with sincerity, God is good. I trust God. I mentioned saying those things that I sometimes say them when I'm trying to manipulate myself to feel different. But now when we say them, we can mean them. Because whether we're yet experiencing the fruit or not, we've entrusted the experience to Christ and we wait patiently for his mercy to be revealed. We've chosen to seek him chosen to let him be mercy to us. And now we patiently wait for him to do the work that he promises to do so that we can share in his life and sharing in his life, experience the fruits of his spirit. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope that clarifies and takes us a little bit deeper into what we talked about in the last last podcast. I really appreciate you listening. Again, I'm praying for you every day. And until next time, this has been the Cast Right Catholic Podcast.